Storm's coming. And you boys, your daddy, you are smack in the middle of it. Take your brother outside as fast as you can. Now, Dean, go! He wants us to pick up where he left off. Saving people, hunting things, family business. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is not Armchair Expert. Please don't well, sue us. We're going to get sued for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out. It's my point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael Rosenbaum. We're just fucking, we're just, we're just yanking your chain. The lawsuit will be worth the new <laughs> subscribers. That's it for, for our Patreon support. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, welcome back, everyone. We are Scary Sci-Fi Sluts. Um, my name is Kenny. I'm Brandon. And today we are covering Supernatural Season 1. Did I not even put in the, the fucking page? I usually put in like the, the episode <laughs> fact page. Oh, god damn it. Messing up the shit already. Uh Today we're talking about Supernatural Season 1, Episode 4, The Phantom Traveler. I thank you guys, if you've been listening through our Supernatural series so far, you've heard me mention that this is one of my favorite episodes of Season 1. I think it's when the show starts to, to really, um, really find its footing and figure out what direction it wants to go, and it, it blends a lot of different elements, so... Definitely excited to talk about this one. I guess we'll start off giving some information, some background info on the episode itself. Well, let's not jump too far forward. For any new listeners, the way we do this is we kind of go over the plot summary. We uh, talk about, you know, if it's a monster or if it's like an investigation. Um, Do they get any assistance? What's the conclusion? Um, and then kind of our opinions and interpretations about the episode. All right, so we're going into interesting facts. Yep, let's hop into it. All right. Um, so we'll bring up a couple others as we go deeper, um, as they become relevant. But, oh, so one cool little one is that one of the Homeland Security IDs that you'll see in this episode has the name Robert Singer on it, and that's obviously um, from Bobby in the show and he's also the director of the episode for this one yeah bobby singer um one of the main characters named after um bobby singer he's he's directing this episode but he's also a producer um i think throughout the entire series i want to say maybe also maybe the the baddest character of the show Ooh, he bad. <laughs> he naughty. Um, yeah, so this uh, this one was the first episode in to air in October of 2005, written by Eric Kripke and Richard Hatem. Hatem? Sorry. Definitely mispronouncing your name. Uh, but something that was, that was kind of cool about Richard Hatem He's a producer and writer for the show on uh, for season one and two, but he's also still kind of popular. He's he's worked on other shows like The Dead Zone, Grimm, and um, the new DC show Titans, which I think is pretty neat. 
seems like he likes to stay kind of on like the dark and gritty style um like fantasy sci-fi show this is the first time we see demons and also the smoke that they bring with them and it's changed from it's going to be insects in this episode and maybe a couple more um and then the later seasons it's just basically black smoke um and then holy water also has a different effect uh, throughout the later seasons, they kind of change some things up. Wait, holy water does? Yeah. So in this episode, um, it like it burns of, the dude. Yeah, right? it burns the the actual person. Uh huh. Whereas in the later seasons, it only hurts the demon itself. It doesn't damage the body. Oh. Uh, huh. Yeah. Kind of some interesting changes that they huh. made. That's cool. May maybe they're their idea like Kripke and the rest of the writers idea on demons just like I don't know at some point it must have changed in season one because they're, they definitely become more prevalent in in the the season towards the end I think right yeah but in in the beginning this is this is the first time we're introduced to the demons and so maybe they were just thinking like oh yeah it'd be cool let's introduce demons we haven't done that yet and then they're like oh wait we can actually do a lot with demons so Let's expand on them a little bit further. I think a lot of it has to do with the advancement in the CGI and new technology. They probably could do a lot more things. I don't know, man. The CGI on the show is not very good. Hey. <laughs> that's one thing that's really consistent throughout the series. The CGI is not great. The latest season, it's lit. Uh, well, I haven't seen any of that yet. Yeah, so you got to take my word for it, sucker. <laughs> Um, in addition to it being the, our, our first introduction to demons, it's actually our first introduction to exorcisms as well, which kind of goes hand in hand with the demons. But um, I think it's interesting that it's, you know, episode four of the first season and we get these two very, very big things introduced because these are going to be long time features of the series pretty much up until the very end. So uh, it's cool that we, we get the first glimpse of those. Do you have anything else for, for some background info? Background, no. Okay. Uh, well, I got one more thing here. Um, it's not, it's, it's a little related to the, to the episode. Um, so kind of jumping into the plot a little bit, this episode surrounds uh, a plane crash. Well, multiple plane crashes, but initially a plane crash. And so they make a reference throughout the episode to Flight 401. And... Um, Outside of that reference, they don't really talk about it again. They don't mention it again. So I decided to do a little digging on what happened with Flight 401. And I guess this was a, a flight from New York to Miami that took place in 1972, where um, the plane crashed and 101 people died. Um, 75 people did survive. But um, this was the first wide body crash. And I think wide body in airplane lingo means a plane with two passenger aisles as opposed to one. Um, so it was the first wide body crash. So it was kind of a big deal in 1972, which is, I would have thought it would have been sooner than or earlier than that, but that shows how little I know about, you know, tragedy and, and airplane crashes and such. Um, but essentially it was a freak accident where when the plane was coming down to Miami, so it was going to land in Miami but the pilots, the pilots were concerned that the landing gear didn't activate 
because when the landing gear does activate, there's supposed to be like a light indication in the cockpit that that tells the pilots, hey, you did this, you pulled the switch, and so it worked, but the light was having issues. So uh, the pilot and the co-pilot put the plane on autopilot and both, for some reason, went to investigate, I'm guessing down below, to see what was up with the landing gear. And in that process, the autopilot accidentally turned off. Um, yeah, the autopilot accidentally got turned off. The switch must have been hit or something. And nobody happened to notice for whatever reason. And there was nobody there was nobody in the cockpit to hear, I guess, the, the warning sound that goes off when the autopilot's taken off. So no one knew they hit the switch. And no one knew what was going on because no one was there to listen to the sound. So wait, both pilots were taking like a break or sleeping? No, no, they both, for for whatever reason, they both left the cockpit to go investigate the landing gear. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a pilot. I don't know if it's it was standard procedure or something, but it sounds really stupid to me. But so they both leave the cockpit, knock off the autopilot, and... Uh, I guess at the altitude that they were flying at with the autopilot off, the plane pretty much just started slowly descending and it was at, at such a slow rate that no one on the airplane actually noticed that they were descending when they weren't supposed to be. And then the airplane crashed. And the reason why 401 is mentioned in this episode is because there are rumors floating around. I don't know if it was ever actually proven, but the airline actually reused parts. They like salvaged parts from the airplane crash and used those parts to build other planes, which I don't know of any ethical concerns about that. I don't know if it's illegal, if it's not illegal, but it just sounds kind of like sketch to me. Yeah. Um, but, but so they rumor is they use reuse those parts in other planes and once those other planes were built there were um crew on those planes that had reported seeing ghosts of people that died in the actual plane crash um so yeah i just thought it was a it was a cool neat little ghost story but really sad really messed up yeah like, I, I was i was shocked when i read the story like if, if anyone's interested in that kind of stuff, definitely look into it because there's there's a lot of like weird stuff like that that's happened with airplanes and this one is terrifying. Um, but outside of that, uh, I guess we can get into the plot of Phantom Traveler. Um, all right. Strap on your boots. We're getting into it. So, the Winchester brothers are contacted by a man, Jerry, who's once saved by Dean and their father, John. Jerry works for an airline. I put in a question mark because I wasn't sure. I don't think they actually say what he does. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But... He was definitely at the airport when they, they got the call. So, he does something. Yeah. I'm just assuming he worked for the airline. But he tells the brothers of an airplane that crashed under suspicious circumstances and only seven survivors were left. The report says that there is malfunction on the plane causing the crash, but Jerry plays them an audio recording that was recovered from the, the crash's black box where they hear someone or something sing 
No survivors. Oh, creepy. Yikes. Um, the boys track down and question one of the survivors of the crash, who is now staying in a psychiatric hospital. He claims to have seen a passenger with black eyes open up the plane door, causing the plane to depressurize and crash, but knows that that is impossible. The boys and so the boys impersonate what you're doing, fool. It's green. No, that's red. No, it's not. It kept going into red. Refresh your page. All right. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, you see it? No, nah, but just keep going. <laughs> your internet sucks. Uh, so the boys impersonate Homeland Security offers. The boys impersonate Homeland Security officers so that they have access to the plane wreckage. Um, there they find sulfur in the wreckage itself, which leads them to believe that they're faced with a demon. Meanwhile, the pilot who survived the crash decides to go back up in the air with a friend. But before they get into the plane, the demon who caused the first crash possesses the pilot. Once in the air, the possessed pilot crashes the plane, killing him and his friend. The boys hear of the crash and investigate, once again finding sulfur residue. They now know that the demon is trying to finish what it started by killing all the survivors of the original crash. One of the seven survivors, Amanda, is a stewardess and is planning to go and is planning on going back up for another flight. Sam and Dean rush to the airport and try to convince her not to get on the plane, but she goes on anyway. They decide that they have no other choice but to board the plane themselves to stop the demon killing more people. Once on the plane, Dean discovers that the demon has now possessed the co-pilot and convinces Amanda to help him get the co-pilot out of the cockpit into the back of the plane. Here, Dean attacks the possessed pilot and Sam begins his exorcism. The demon fights back and nearly manages to crash the plane, but Sam finishes the exorcism in the nick of time banishing the demon back to hell and saving all the passengers. All right. That is the plot. And now we can get into breaking it down a little bit. Um, So just before we even start talking about it, what were your uh, initial impressions of this episode? Like, do you remember the first time you saw it? Um, Like what were your, your just initial thoughts of it going in. Uh, I don't remember the first time I ever saw it, but my initial thoughts were that it's definitely one of the better ones of season one. Um, I love that they got into the investigating and they're, they're just kind of having some of that like back and forth, you know, action between the two of them. Um, And they're just getting into their groove. Yeah, it's, um, seeing as this is just episode four, you know, we haven't had too much exposure to, to what the show is going to be like yet. We, we've gotten little glimpses, little, little taste here and there, but I feel like this is one of the episodes where it really, really does tell you, Hey, this is what the show's about. Cause, um, a lot of the episodes throughout the series start with, you know, introduction to the monster. And the monster this week is, of course, demons or a demon. And so this one really does follow that formula. You, you're introduced to the demon. It crashes the plane. And 
um, that's when it cuts to the title screen and the viewer, the audience is just left thinking, holy shit, that's pretty big. This, you know, we haven't seen something this big before in the past. We've seen like the Wendigo, which was, you know, a couple people. Then there was um, the, the water, whatever, something in the water uh, episode where again, that was just like a small town, a couple people, but this is a plane full of people that crashed. So it seems like they're upping the scale a little bit. Um, which is great to see only four episodes in, but yeah, we, we get an idea of, of what's, what's yet to come in the series through this. Just a, a brief glimpse. I think that's good. Um, and so after we see the, the initial plane crash, then of course we, we get into the boys doing their investigation and, um, they're, continuing their search for dad as always um when they get a call by by the old friend jerry and i like that with characters like jerry it it really makes me think of like um kind of like buffy the vampire slayer i'm not i'm not sure if you remember very much of that oh yeah you didn't watch that i watched the whole thing yeah but you know how like as the series went on, like slowly more and more people like knew that she was the Slayer. Oh yeah. And so that, that's kind of how this show goes. I mean, it's, it's pretty much inevitable that these guys are traveling across the country, saving people, hunting things, family business. <laughs> um, but I, I really like when it's established already that like another character knows who they are. Like they know of them. Um, a good example of that is uh, like Gordon when they finally introduce Gordon or um, do you remember what, what's the name of the the police officer the, the FBI agent that like that's been following them around for like the next two seasons the one that's trying to capture them yeah I forget what his name is oh but... god that's way too old for me to remember <laughs> well I, I guess we'll get there but I, I really like when they have characters like that where they clearly know who the boys are. Um, maybe they don't know exactly what they're doing, but they're aware of their presence and like know that there there's something up with them and they're mm-hmm. you know they're doing doing something supernatural. And I, I think that's really cool. That's one of my favorite parts um, of the the series is when they have that. Well, yeah, I, I love when they. Um, I think they're talking to Amanda, the flight lady. And he's basically like, yeah, yeah, we don't have time to explain this whole thing, but demons are basically real. So let's get on with yeah. it. Yeah. And that happens a lot in the show too. And I love that when they're just like, just cut the crap. I'm just going to tell you what's going on. You can believe me if you want to. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is when we see the fake ID that says Bobby Singer. I think it says Robert Singer on it. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. And then... Um, so at the end when he's doing the exorcism, this is a real nerdy fact, but basically the, the Latin that he tells Dean to say is not actually Latin. It's, um, Italian. Oh, so the, the correct word he should have said was Christus, not Christo. Is that, is that what they say? They say it's in Latin. Yeah. He's supposed to be saying Latin. Hmm. 
Oh, you little religious boy. You would know that. <laughs> IMDb knows that. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of religion, uh, I don't know if this has any relevance, any accuracy to whatever is in, in the book that people follow. Um, but there's that, that point in the episode where they're talking about... Um, it's after the, the pilot from the first crash. You know how he survived... And then he went up with his friend mm-hmm. and then they crashed and they like, they realized that both the planes crashed at exactly 40 minutes. Oh. And so, so I think Dean's like, he's like explaining to Jerry or something. And he's like, 40 minutes, it means death. He's like, uh, you know, Noah's Ark, 40 days or something. 40 means death. And then oh. nothing else is said of it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, I've I've heard of Noah's Ark before, um, and I, th- I I'm assuming the forty days thing is accurate from that fairy tale, but <laughs> fairy tale. <laughs> but forty days, just like because of that one thing he referenced, it means death. Like, is there any accuracy to that in in any like religious? Yeah, I think context? like I think the plague was for. 40 days and then Noah's Ark it rained for 40 days and 40 nights so it it just has to do with death I guess but the whole it's still dumb because the the demon could just take him out at any point like yeah but I guess he has to follow the laws of the book oh, or yeah. something They're like real rule followers it was so it just like it just made me pause the episode and just like fucking slap myself it was so dumb I think it might be more of a slap to God's face is why they're doing it. It's not more of like a religious thing. Uh huh. You mean Chuck? Yeah. Right. Which is this is the <laughs> first time we're hearing that name, and I can't remember <laughs> where it was in this episode. For for those who don't know, the character of God is he he like does he possess a guy named Chuck or he is Chuck? He is Chuck from the beginning. So. You'll, okay. you'll n- remember him. Um, he's like a book writer. Mm-hmm. And it'll be kind of interesting to see him now because he's been in it the whole time. Um, uh-huh. So I'll be interested to see if he'll, if he makes like any like faces towards them or if he's like, you know, like looking in the background ever when you weren't paying attention. Oh, so you mean from the first time he's introduced, he's already like quote unquote God. He is, but he don't, they don't reveal it until, like, the later season. But he knows it. He's aware of it. Yeah, he knows. We just don't know until, like, season 12. Uh, so Okay, um, yeah, because I, I had watched up to the point, like, I had watched past when he was introduced and he was a character, but I, I hadn't watched to the point when he was actually, like, announced that he was God. But. Yeah, I wonder if they knew it from the start or if they just kind of changed it up last minute again. Probably they probably didn't know. Um, let's be honest. Like they don't. They don't I have think the talent of the office writers. Right. I think after season five and Eric Kripke was like, "Well, that's all I had planned. Y'all can do whatever you want." I think they're just like, "Okay, uh, well, let's let's take this season by season. Yeah, let's we'll figure it out. Let's flip everything that he did." Yeah. But hey, it's, it's some of it's for the worse, some of it's for the better. So, oh yeah, I think the show's done really well. Um, so I, for those 
horrorites, the horror fans out there. Um, I'm sure you recognize right away if you've seen this episode or if not, and you just heard our description of it, that the plot is pretty similar to Final Destination 1, which was a good, dare I say, sort of good, sort of bad horror movie from, what was that one, 2000, 2001 or something? Oh yeah, that's old. Let's see, Final Destination. I haven't seen that in a Yeah, 2000. Damn, I'm good. Um, but pretty much the plot of that one is there's a bunch of uh, people on an airplane and the airplane crashes, but then a handful of people survive. And I think it's supposed to be like death, eh, maybe? Yeah, I, I think Some death. type of, yeah, death. You don't see death. There's no embodiment of it, but like death comes through and is like, hey, you were supposed to die on the airplane, so I'm going to start killing y'all one by one. And so you just see all these, like, I think it's mostly younger people, like, kind of maybe, like, college-age kids. Mm -hmm. You see them all getting killed one by one in pretty brutal ways. And, you know, when it came out, it was a pretty scary movie because it it took, you know, something like flying on an airplane where a lot of people already have phobias of and anxiety of and... It's like, hey, airplane's going to crash, which is already scary enough. But then after that, you survived. But no, you're not really going to survive. We're going to kill you. So I, I think it, you know, it, it played on that really well. It also <laughs> created two more big phobias. The one of dying on a roller coaster and also dying. Um, what was it? The, log, on the, the logs? On the freeway. Yeah. 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 The second one, which, uh, yeah, the second one a bunch of people were like stopped in traffic on a freeway or something. Mm -hmm. And then a big log truck, like, I don't know if the logs weren't strapped down properly or something, but the logs come undone and then they like fly down the freeway and start impaling people. It's ridiculous. Same premise. (laughs) This tragedy happens. A bunch of people die. A bunch of people survive. And then death comes back and starts killing the rest of them. And then number three is on the roller coaster. 3D. A bunch was that the 3D one? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, it's so bad, but it's so good. <clears throat> That's the one where where the the hot girl, she's in the tanning salon. Yeah. The hot girl, she shows her boobies, and she's in the tanning salon, and then she like she gets it like overheats or something. She gets fried. It locks <laughs> on her too, so she can't get out. Oh, it's so messed up. <laughs> but. Yeah, those are those are decent movies. I don't know if I'd say good or bad. They're just they're just movies. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, let's see. Any? Oh, I, I noticed there's a reference to X Files. Kind of just a little nod to X Files in this one. Um, someone, someone at some point says the truth is out there. I think oh. it's probably Dean. <clears throat> Sounds like a Dean thing. Huh. I missed that one. Yeah, I made a note of it, but I didn't make a note of who said it. But it sounds like a Dean thing. I'm going to say it's Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, any other episode notes? Uh, well, I guess if we want to get into actual notes. Uh, yeah, what, what do you got about it? Oh yeah, Going so through the the whole episode. <clears throat> do you remember that there was some like lightning at the end there? 
It almost made it look like the lightning killed the demon. <clears throat> oh, like when the plane was going down, like when they were doing the exorcism? Yeah, and like when he finished the last word of the exorcism, like lightning hit. No, I don't know. Hmm. It's probably just, they're probably just throwing in some special effects. <laughs> right, like shit. Hey, we, we got terrible CGI. Let's just add in some lightning, whatever. <laughs> we got an extra 20 bucks. Push the lightning button. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also, for those of you who have seen deep into the show, um, I think we were all really hoping that Sam would just drink a little demon blood. Would have made the whole thing go a lot quicker. Oh, but of course he doesn't even know about it yet. Mm-mm. But just imagine if like a little bit splattered and caught into his mouth or something. Uh huh. <laughs> well, it's actually it's it's actually pretty soon after this that that whole thing starts, right? Where they introduce that. It might be season two. I don't know if it happens Maybe. quite yet. <laughs> huh. I always get the end of season one and the end of season two mixed up. Yeah, I'm gonna Never. look it up. I just get lost. Um, Season four. Oh my god, we were so off. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh well, sorry guys. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> Jeez. Huh. There's no way. Yeah. When he first does it, it's got to be season two. Hold on. Is that because Ruby? Yeah, it says season four, episode sixteen. Sam drinks Ruby's blood. No, no, that's when he drinks Ruby's blood, but he had, I think he had drunk, like, other people's blood before. I don't ah, know. we'll see it. <clears throat> Give it about... Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Two years, we'll be but at that episode. Sam gets real kink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but other than that, uh, the biggest question I had was, with their... Um, ability to make fake IDs and how giant these boys are. What age do we think they started drinking? And does John just supply them with booze? Or is he, like, cool with it? I think Dean. Because they, throughout the the show, you see, like, flashbacks. And Dean's pretty much since he was, like, 10 years old, he's been this, like, tough, like, I'm a big, big baddie. And he's always looking after Sam when when John's out hunting. He's probably just stealing John's whiskey stash. <laughs> I do love the flashback scenes to see them as kids. Yeah, I feel like the, the kid actors are, are pretty good. Oh, they nail it. It's also good because they don't start doing that until like, whatever, season six plus, whenever. So the, the kids probably have been watching the show. They've got a- I don't know. There's, there's flashbacks in season one and season two. Oh really? Yeah, like um the the one that actually comes to mind. I think it's in season two, is the Christmas one. You remember that one? When uh, like, spoilers. If you don't want to hear any spoilers, don't listen to this. But there's an episode. I'm pretty sure it's season two, maybe season three, but I think it's two. There's an episode, a Christmas one, where Sam and Dean go investigate this town where um the wreaths are have like some spiritual mystical thing attached to the reeds that this this company was making i don't know but they they get sam and dean end up getting like captured by this like uh this couple this like man and wife that are possessed 
oh by, yeah not by demons but by some type of creature some like holiday spirits or something <clears throat> and then they flash back to when sam and dean were kids and like what they one year how they celebrated christmas in like a motel or something mm-hmm. yeah that was a good one all all the if, if you're not a person to sit down and watch 12 or i guess 15 is 15 seasons right yeah if you're not a person who wants to sit down and watch 15 seasons of a series, which is totally understandable, it's a long, long show. I would definitely at least, the very minimum, find all the Halloween and Christmas episodes. Like, any of the holiday-related episodes, those ones are always great. They're always awesome. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. This Christmas, I might try to go through and just watch, like, the Christmas episodes. Oh, you should totally do that. Yeah, that might be good. That or I've always wanted to, I don't know, I've never actually done it, but to to sit and watch like the Halloween slash Christmas episodes of like The Office and Friends and stuff. Yeah. It seems like for some reason shows when they do holiday like specific episodes are just way better. I don't know why. The mm-hmm. writing's just better. I think I heard on um, The Office Ladies that they get a budget increase. Oh. You know what? That makes sense. Probably like, hey, sorry, you have to work during the holidays. Yeah. Or something. But. Oh, uh, they work. <laughs> uh, okay. You got any more uh, notes? The last thing, just the last bit of the episode, um, after they've, you know, exercised the demon, they're back on ground, they saved everybody, and they go back, Sam and Dean go back to talk to Jerry and Jerry's, you know, saying thank you for, for doing this and taking care of the demon. Um, they ask Jerry, hey, like, how'd you get our number? How'd you know to call us? And Jerry's like, well, I tried calling your dad, but he didn't answer. And on his voicemail, I said to call you. And so this is the, the first time that we find out that John's alive. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, because since I think since episode one, when they started investigating where, you know, his whereabouts, there's been not really any inclination towards like he's dead or he's alive. It's just that he's missing. And so I, I like that. It was a nice little touch. It was very brief, you know, very, very last bit of the episode. It just brings you back into the story like, oh, hey, we had this cool. It's like a side quest. We're doing the side quest. We're saving the, the people on the airplane. But we have this main quest is finding dad. And I just like that they do the side quest, but they also tie in the, you know, the main quest at the end of it. Yeah. It also gives Sam a little bit of hope because pretty much every single episode at this point, um, they get their, their mission email or whatever, drawing them in. And Sam's basically always pretty resilient to actually do it. But then Dean has to like pull him and he's like, well, we got to do this if we want to find our dad. He's like, all right, yeah. fine. Sam's always like, fuck, fuck the people. I don't want to help anyone. I'm just here to find dad, and that's it. That's all I signed up for. I want to find dad and find the thing that killed Jess. And Dean's always like, no, dude, we're going to save people. Sam people. Sam skips all of the side quests. Yeah, yeah he's he's one of the the story players only. <laughs> if he if he were if they were Skyrim players, Sam would finish and you know. 30 hours and then Dean would finish in 260 hours. Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right. So 
now we can get into um, some of our favorite scenes, any favorite lines of dialogue, and favorite character for the episode. So why don't you go ahead? All right. Well, my favorite piece of dialogue was definitely when Dean says, why do you think I drive everywhere, Sam? Because he has a huge fear of flying. Yeah, which I don't actually think that ever comes up again. Maybe I'm wrong. Is Do they ever talk about that? No. It makes sense, but also... I mean, they couldn't fly because they have all those weapons. So, and I guess later in the in the series, you know, season four and on, when they piss off the angels, I guess they can't fly anyways because I'm I'm assuming angels could like shoot them down with lightning or something. Oh yeah, travel gets real dicey in the later seasons. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we just have to walk everywhere now. Favorite scene or favorite thing that happened in the episode? As far as scene goes, um. I don't know, I guess maybe just the end fight. I think, I think it was pretty cool when um, she brings back the co-pilot and he immediately just starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah, it was, it was pretty quick. And what's what's weird is, like, the co-pilot was so trusting, too. Even though he was he was supposed to be possessed by the demon, and then Amanda was like, oh, I need you back here for something. And he's like, okay, it hasn't been 40 minutes yet, so sure. <laughs> well, and this was right after... Um, Dean got him to look back because he said Christo again. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh yeah, they're not trying to trap me. No, I, I, I'm the co-pilot. I got to do my job. This lady might want to, you know, give it out. Yeah, maybe she wants to bone, you know. Demon's got to find love too, I guess. Instead, I get the shit kicked out of me by a guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that part was so funny. He's just like, all right, I'll come help you. <laughs> there's nothing going on here I'm like man demons are dumb yeah i mean that could be because the the demons aren't always dominant so it could have been the pilot that was in control at that moment he's like hold up dude let me do my job for five minutes then you can go back to crashing the plane do whatever you want kill the pilot <laughs> the demon's like wait wait where are you taking me <laughs> you moron uh what about favorite character anyone stand out in this one no i mean just the boys we didn't really get anyone special yet, except for Jerry. Yeah, that's true. Jerry, Gary. Jerry. Gergich. Jerry's cool, though. I like Jerry. For me, I'd say my, my favorite scene is probably uh, the same thing as you. I, I like that. Um, well, first, I like that Amanda, the stewardess, was so trusting of Dean when he was, like, pretty much harassing her, saying, like, harassing her as a crazy person you know in her eyes like oh there's some the the co-pilot's a demon like he's gonna crash this plane and she just like i don't know i guess i don't know what i would do in the situation if i had this big dude saying like the pilot's gonna crash crash the plane and kill her kill everybody like i don't know if my initial thought would be to believe them or to think this guy is a terrorist and he's gonna hold the plane up so i thought it was it's interesting that she was so just so trusting and like so gung ho about it, and then yeah, I liked watching Dean give the dude the beat down, and just that that whole last like ten minutes or so of the episode was was pretty cool. It was really well done, and you see Sam start doing the exorcism, but of course this early on in the show he he like doesn't have any of it memorized, so he has to like go strictly off the book, and then he the plane starts going down and he loses the book and then he has to go and find the book and um i'm pretty sure 
as the show goes on, they become like more experienced with exorcisms. And he, there's a point where he like, he doesn't need the book at all. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. I think in like the much, much later seasons where exorcisms are pretty archaic, but he does them like, <laughs> cause he's just doing his hand thing. He's like, <laughs> well that, or they have the angel blade, which just kind of does it for them. Um, but he yeah. does it time to time. It's kind of a nice little flashback. Yeah. It's, I didn't really think about that, actually, how, how that evolves. I just remembered that, like, oh, as, you know, a couple seasons later, I'm pretty sure there's there's an episode where he's, like, trying to exercise a demon, and then the demon, like, burns the, the exorcism book, or he loses it, and he's like, ha-ha, you can't exercise me, and Sam just keeps going with the incantation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that, but I you're totally right. It, like, escalates as the show goes on, and it, it starts with, you know, you have to do the exorcisms with this specific incantation. And then after that, you know, Sam, uh, Sam gets this ability to to start exercising demons with his powers. And then after that, they get the demon blade. And then there's more stuff after that. And I, I guess with a show like this, you do have to keep, you know, escalating, going higher and higher. You can't just go back to the same thing. Uh, my, my favorite line in the episode was just the way Dean says, Crystal? <laughs> when, Question mark? When they're like going going around like trying to figure out who the demon is. And he, he says that to the stewardess, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's so coy about it. He's like talking to Amanda. Yeah, he's like, Crystal? I just thought it was, it was really good acting on, on uh, Jensen Ackles' part. And then I also really liked the the end of the episode where we, we hear... Um, john winchester's voicemail when they call into it and i just like hearing jeffrey dean morgan's voice he's got a nice voice oh it's a sweet sweet lullaby oh it's so smooth it'll it'll knock you right out it'll get things going in places like it's I'll a good pump voice. you up <laughs> uh anything you didn't like about the episode i don't think i disliked anything it's been pretty smooth sailing yeah i i I overall gave this episode an eight out of ten okay why is that uh just good story you know um like i said before we're getting into the the investigations the dynamic duo of things and it's just a classic yeah i i agree i i gave i score this one eight and a half out of ten um i definitely really like this one and even though we we did point out a couple plot holes, I think those plot holes are not really important in the grand scheme of things. Like we'll give them a pass. Yeah, this episode follows the the traditional supernatural format. Um, it it ends, uh, like I said earlier, ends with the main quest. It, it loops around back to what we're here for: is finding out what the heck happened to John Winchester. Where is he? And what's going to happen if the boys finally catch up to him, if they don't and find out he dies, like what, what's going to happen here. And I think this, this episode was a nice little detour while also giving, giving us the audience enough to, to bite onto for the next one. And um, yeah, it was, it was a good one. Definitely one of the better ones we've seen so far, probably the best one out of the, out of all, all four, I think. Yeah. I will say, I don't think I'll ever give a 10 until um, something special happens, like a season finale where there's a lot of emotion and acting, or, um, you know, for any, like, special, special episodes. Hey, you never know. Like, 
there are some good like like I said earlier, the holiday episodes are really, really good. Like there's I know, I I might get shocked and I'll we'll go back on that. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, <laughs> we've we've started watching the show so long ago and of course we've done rewatches and stuff, but sometimes you forget how good an episode is until you, you just sit down and rewatch it. And then you're mm-hmm. like, holy shit. And actually on top of that, sometimes watching an ep- episode the second or third time, you just see things that you don't really pay attention to the first time and you get a lot more yeah. out of it. So definitely I say hold that thought. Cause yeah, you might change your mind. All right. Um, so do you have any news for, you know, upcoming things or anything cool happening? <sighs> Uh, yeah, just, we can talk about some, some current event media stuff. Um, I went and saw Tenet a week or two ago and, you know, First it was, movie since COVID. yeah, it was really weird. Like, I can't remember the last movie I saw before COVID shut down. And so this is my first time back to a theater, um, went to a local theater here in Chicago and oh yeah to all the viewers all the all the listeners i'm in chicago now no longer in seattle um so i went to the logan square theater if anyone's familiar with that one up here uh kind of an old school independent theater and honestly the the projection was kind of shitty like the i don't know if their their audio systems not updated or something but the sound wasn't great um and it's not even that because there's there's a lot of people complaining about just the sound mixing in this movie in general um but it's just like the level of sound i feel like was really low and yeah the the video projection was i don't know what what quality print they had but it, it just it wasn't good um, but the movie itself, I really, really liked the movie. I was hoping it would be Christopher Nolan's masterpiece. Unfortunately, I, I don't think it was. There is a lot of issues. Um, and, oh man, I, I want to get into it, but that's a whole nother review discussion in itself. So maybe for another time. I'd watch it though, is it as my first post middle pre middle of covid film um it was worth it i think what are what are some things what are some things that are coming up um well like we were talking about before this um if you go over to michael rosenbaum's podcast inside of you you can hear jensen jared and i think uh misha is going on as well um but again everyone's doing it but we get to hear that uh, Dean is getting to keep the car when they wrap. So that's pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah, other than that, um, some more more controversy going on in DC. They're probably going bankrupt because they can't get their shit together. Not until I see the Snyder Cut. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Bunch of shady behind-the-scenes bullshit. And Ray Fisher and now Jason Momoa are putting you know the, the executives at... Warner Brothers, not Warner Brothers Media. Yeah, that's something I didn't know, that there are two separate entities. Warner Brothers Media is the overarching company, and Warner Brothers itself is like the sub-company. And then even there, there's, I, I think the, the, um, 
whatever department that's in charge of like DC EU. Um, it's all diff different people, different heads and like the DC film universe. And so a lot of people are being put on blast right now. So good for Ray Fisher. I mean, but also for how much he gets paid, he could probably suck it up. Well, it, I don't know. I, I think, I think he's doing the right thing. Cause he's saying like, according to him, he, he, during the reshoots of justice league, like Joss Whedon was an asshole to everybody and he uh, well, I guess it's not just him it's the other people who aren't getting paid as much yeah so according to ray fisher this this is what he says nothing's actually proven but this i believe this to be true he says everyone was treated like shit during the reshoots and he was bad joss ween was bad mouthing zach snyder um and so ray fisher went to the wb executives and tried to like do something about it and they basically told him suck it up this is a movie production and if you want to cause trouble we can we can jeopardize the rest of your filming career your your film career we can pretty much like blacklist you and make you never work again and so ray fisher was like you know what i'm not in it for the money i'm in it for the experience i'm in it to work with these great people so fuck you i'm gonna put you on blast as much as i can and a lot of speculation right now is that he's he said a lot of like kind of general things nothing like nothing too specific and the speculation is because um he's still under a an nda with warner brothers the non-disclosure agreement so he can't say like specific things here and there um but i don't know when that nda is up so when it's up i i hope we can all expect to hear some actual like you know, whatever is actually going on. Um, did you see the Netflix, the trailer for the Netflix movie, Hubie Halloween? No. <laughs> you got to watch this. It's a, it's like another really shitty looking Adam Sandler movie. Oh, is he, I don't, I think he signed like a 15 picture deal with Netflix or something. Good for him. <laughs> so, so we're going to be getting shitty, low quality, Adam Sandler movies for a long time, but this one is is set uh, during Halloween, and this is the the premise of it. it. Says despite his devotion to his hometown of Salem and its Halloween celebration, Hubie Du Bois is a figure of mockery <laughs> for kids and adults alike. But this year, something is going bump in the night, and it's up to Hubie to save Halloween. And <laughs> it's got Kevin James in it. Nice. It's got. Ray Liotta, Steve Buscemi, Maya Rudolph, Keenan Thompson. It's got a pretty big cast in it. He always goes hard with the cast. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this, actually. I just, I love holiday movies in any aspect. And I like Adam Sandler, but I know this is probably going to be real shit. <laughs> I'm just hoping for uh, Grown Ups 3 and 4. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, I think I saw... The I think maybe I saw the first one, but I think it was in Spanish, what? which didn't make any better. So, eesh. well, no in other news, um, an up and coming movie that we might do is another Netflix movie called The Devil All the Time. That one looks pretty good. Pretty oh, star studded yeah. cast. Um, and you've seen it already. No, I haven't. Yo, you haven't? No. Oh shit! Oh, then yeah, we definitely got to do it. Damn. Yeah, so stay, 
Stay tuned. You might see that one drop. <clears throat> yeah, that one uh, we talked about Insidious. I think that's a, a pretty good series to cover. Yeah. So for now, we're, we're not going to um, say what the next episode's going to be because we don't really know at this point. It's uh, almost Halloween time, so we're going to be thinking about what we want to do. Yep. It's right now. It is uh, September, September 21st. And yeah, Halloween's next month. I think maybe, I don't know, we'll have to do some more spooky movies. It might maybe something in the Halloween franchise itself. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll try to go for the most scary movie we can find. Uh, let's see. Most scary movie. Uh, Hannah Montana <laughs> does New York. <laughs> Or Camp Rock featuring the Jonas Brothers. Harry Potter 1. Hey, that's... Have you seen Voldemort? Man, that guy is scary as fuck. Oh, actually, um, Jensen Ackles was talking about that. Because he... Oh, Harry Potter? Yeah, he just started trying to watch them with his kids. Uh Uh-huh. And Voldemort scared the shit out of his kids. So he was like, all right, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a few more years. Yeah, this is like a NC-17 thing, kid. Sorry, can't do it. Oh, actually, speaking of Harry Potter, I don't know if uh, if you saw the, the trailer for it, but there's this new Harry Potter game coming out next year. Um, what is it called? It's called Hogwarts... Hogwarts Legacy. Okay, if, if anyone's a fan of Harry Potter, anyone's a fan of, like, fantasy RPGs, check out this trailer, you included, Brandon. This looks dope. This is, it's a upcoming Harry Potter game that's coming out next year. And it, it seriously looks so cool. It's going to be on the next gens PS five and Xbox series X stupid name. <clears throat> but yeah, it's like a, I think it's, an, it's supposed to be an open world RPG where you create your own Harry Potter character and it's set before like the books and the movies. So it's like, I don't know how far back, but yeah, you create your own character. You go through the school. You can pick your house and open world. Like, I don't know if you ever played any of the Harry Potter games back in the day, but they were pretty fun. None of them. I don't think any of them had an open world aspect. Uh, like the one I played a lot of was Prisoner of Azkaban. That one was really cool. And then played Order of the Phoenix. That one was fun. Yeah, I wonder if this will kind of be a mashup of like bully and um what's another one uh i don't know like the dark knight games or whatever like just a mashup of everything yeah i could see i could see a lot of like bully elements in this yeah that was a fun game yeah but i I read that i don't know if this is true actually let me look it up i read that daniel radcliffe was one of the writers for this game what uh, and that actually has no association with J.K. Rowling. She still gets that money, though. Oh, yeah. She's definitely getting that money. She's getting the Harry Potter money till she dies. She's, she might be the most hated person in the world right now. Yeah, she's making some stupid decisions to piss off her fan base, which, you know, you do you, I guess. Uh Maybe I oh, was yes. wrong. The fifth post down is Hogwarts Legacy. 
is it wrong to buy the new Harry Potter game? <laughs> Y'all need to stop. Just buy it. Yeah, I'm definitely... If I have to get a next-gen console to play this, I'll do it. I'll do it next holiday season. This game looks <laughs> sick, dude. Yeah, anything else in, in current events? Any current media want to talk oh, about? I think that's it. Oh, um, geez, this one's getting drawn out, but I just watched a documentary. It's not related to horror or sci-fi or anything, but it's called The Social Dilemma, which is about like social media. Um, so I've deactivated all my accounts, so you might not see, uh, anything. Oh, really? The, um, scary five sci-fi Facebook page for a while. Pretty much off there. (laughs) What? If, if you watch the movie, it goes deep into the effects on people and the, the pull it has on everyone. It's pretty scary. Like, I don't know, really, really briefly, what kind of stuff? Uh, basically it's risen like suicide rates by 150%. It influences our voting, our, you know, whole yeah. world. I mean, you, that's kind of something that you should, like the suicide rates thing, I, I've heard that. And it's it's really unfortunate because how that, like, I feel like a lot of what's happening there is either people who already have these issues are, um, like recognizing more like, Hey, I, maybe I have this online presence, but in real life I don't have this presence and going going through that. Or also like just seeing on Instagram or whatever on Facebook, like, Oh, these celebrities, all these beautiful, rich, wealthy people have all this stuff and I have nothing and and causes people to do, you know, bad stuff. And so I, I, I see that, but I also, I don't know. I also think that for a lot of people, people don't know how to differentiate between like something that's fictitious and something that's, you you know, real in your own life. Like for myself, I've never had an issue with looking on, on Instagram, for example, and seeing this clearly wealthy 24, 25 year old young guy often you know, the Caribbean doing surfing or whatever, and seemingly having this really cool lifestyle. And I, I've never really thought to myself, like, damn, I wish I had that, like, or like, oh, I feel bad about my own life because I don't have that. But I, I can, I see how it affects other people. And I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic. It's also just a big time waster. You can be doing a lot better. Oh, things. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like Apple, I don't know if you get notifications for this, but Apple notifies me like, hey, this week you were oh, yeah. on your phone an average of this time. I'm like, damn, <laughs> there was, there was a face. week where, yeah, there was a week where it was like the average per day was four hours. I'm like, oh my God, four <laughs> hours of my entire day was dedicated just to look at a screen? Jeez. Like I gotta be doing something else with my time. Could be watching the next episode. Could be do yeah. Could be doing the next episode. What are we doing? Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, this one's going on for long enough. Um, we'll do some once trimming. again. I'm I'm Brandon, and I'm Kenny, and we'll see you next time. But until then, stay scary and stay sexy. Our whole lives been searching for this demon. 
Same the Colt made a gun. They say this gun can kill anything. We finally know where this demon's gonna be, and now we know how to kill it. More and more demons are walking among us. Come again now.